All right, hello everybody. This is uh, Jim Barton, and I'm here with Reverend Abigail Conley. And this is another episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, this episode is going to be talking about what we view as contradictions in the way the Bible handles a particular topic. And the topic that we're going to talk about now is salvation. Um, initially, um, when Abby and I had decided we were going to do this, um, we talked about this as being faith versus works, which is sort of a cliche trope of a religious discussion, but we've since um, gone on to add the idea of grace as a third mechanism. So maybe at the top, let's talk about what does it mean, what does salvation mean? I've got my idea, I'm going to throw it to Abby, give her a chance to give what, what does it mean to say salvation? So this is a very, I think it's worth noting, it's first of all a very Christian idea that there's something that you need saved from. Like, this is a view that says the world is broken and it needs fixed and you personally need fixed. And we call that salvation. And I think the how you get fixed is the question about salvation. Is it the fixed is, well, you get to heaven because of whatever you do? Is it your life is better in the right now because right. of whatever you do? Is it both of those things? And... Um, is it even that, oh, you die, but there can still be salvation after that? I do think a good cop-out answer is that salvation <coughs> is the aim of Christianity. So, for example, the aim of Hinduism is detachment. Right. So you're reincarnated life after life after life until you can experience detachment. The aim of Buddhism is nirvana and so on. So the aim of Christianity is salvation. I don't know if it's synonymous with the kingdom, entering the kingdom of God or not. What do you think? When Jesus talked, this is a question, did Jesus talk about salvation? Jesus talked all the time about entering the kingdom of heaven. And he did talk about individuals entering it, right? Like the rich man we talked about. Mm -hmm. Like blessed are different people. So what do you think? Is entering the kingdom of heaven or entering the kingdom of God synonymous with salvation? I think at our point in Christian history, we have to consider it that because that is how it's been used. Um, the Roman Catholic Church, with, at its peak, this became synonymous. The reign of God, the kingdom of God, is the Roman Catholic Church. This is the kingdom on earth, and therefore this is the means of salvation. And because we've inherited that worldview, I don't think there's any way to separate those two. All right. So let's talk about what we have uh, sort of laid out as three different models of salvation. Um, one idea of salvation, the one is from Ephesians, and it's you're saved by grace. And the idea of being saved by grace is that you don't earn salvation. Right. And the verse from Ephesians is, it's not of work, so you can boast. So this isn't something that you do. This isn't something that you take pride in. It's something that is given to you, and that's your only option. So that's saved by grace. <coughs> you do nothing for it. Right. Saved by faith is faith is hope in things that are unseen and faith in what is yet to come. What's the scripture? Do you have it? Um, it's from Hebrews, um, evidence of what is unseen. Um, I don't have it right. All right, that's fine. Yeah. So anyway, the idea is that it's by faith that Abraham sacrificed Isaac or was willing to sacrifice Isaac right. it's by faith that Noah built the ark it was by faith that Enoch was a righteous man in the middle of a bunch of people who weren't there are all of these um, it goes through the patriarchs in Hebrews 11 all of these things that people did by faith and it's it's more than just believing in Santa Claus right 
I mean, I think sometimes we see faith getting reduced to believing in Santa Claus. I, I have faith because I believe in an afterlife, or I believe in the King James Bible, or I believe in whatever, whatever. Right. This is more than that. It's, it's acting in accordance with it, I think. Yeah, and I mean, the really low-hanging fruit there is Noah, that they say. By faith, Noah built the ark when, they'd never, when no one had ever seen rain. So that is a doing that is born out of belief. That, hey, God has said this thing, and therefore I behave in this way, even if it doesn't match with everyone else around me. So then the third option is works. In works, we talk about James as being sort of the best book for works. Because James talks a lot about very specific behavior. Right. Frankly, when you read James, it feels to me like this is a good way to run a church. Let's tell people not to be running at the mouth. Let's tell people not to be ridiculous in their behavior. But anyway, so James talks about, and James seems to address this idea that um, you don't need works. By saying that faith without works is dead. Right. So those are kind of the big three, I think, in salvation. And, and I think it is worth notice, noting that as Protestants firmly tied to the Anabaptist and Reformed traditions as disciples of Christ, that both of those traditions like James a lot. Um, in particular, Reformed, the Puritans were very, very grounded in all of the things you do to keep the Sabbath, to read your scriptures, all of those things that you do. So there is a special love of James in our tradition, even if that may not be what we share. And I think there's some extra biblical ideas about salvation that we didn't talk about. Like, I think predestiny is an interesting, mm-hmm. like that's a, a whole other sort of layer to put on top of this, right? That there is a certain chosen, uh, I mean, I guess it's not entirely extra biblical. I mean, there's something out of like revelation, right? About right. the, what, what, what's the word I'm looking for? The, the chosen, the, uh, the, the 144,000 uh, that are picked ahead of time. Right. Um, okay, but... But, but between these three, what are our thoughts as progressive Christians? Any of these feel particularly better or worse or more or less palatable? So, personally, I love Hebrews. I mean, yeah. that is one of those things that it meets well in the middle of both of those things that you have works, but you're also trusting in something else. And um, I love the end of Hebrews 11, that hall of faith. Where it is, this is about you have inherited this witness. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. So it ties in that you are not alone. Your faith matters. Your faith ties you to other things. And it propels you forward into action. And for me personally, (coughs) um, I was a physics major in college. And when I discovered that if you can do the force equals mass times the acceleration equation and get the exact same answer as if you do the energy balance equation, I thought that was the most elegant thing ever. I just loved it. And so I love the idea that it's all the same. So in other words, if you accept grace, that leads you to the same conclusion, which is if you live by faith, which leads you to the same conclusion if you do works Legitimately, the one little outlier there is that you can't. I mean, everybody has known the person who lives a sort of Christian life but is miserable the whole damn time and making everyone else miserable the whole damn time. Right. So I do think that is sort of an outlier. But I mean, I think that I love the idea of a unity that there are just sort of three different ways to get to the same thing, the same answer in different paths. And I think that one of those things, as you say, you know, the people who are miserable doing it, 
that is the whole notion of you have to do things to earn it. Yeah. And this is where that falls apart because you are going to make yourself miserable. It's never going to be sufficient. Right. And it doesn't work. And that's why I like the middle of the road. That's also why all of these things kind of balance each other's other out. But it is worth noting that there are particular traditions that, no, very much are, are pushing that. If you do everything right, it'll be okay. And it, is it, I mean, is, can you have salvation without the idea of an afterlife? In other words, sometimes I think the notion is if, you, if you're saved, you have your golden ticket. And if you have your golden ticket, then you get into the happy place, the good place. And if you don't have your golden ticket, you go to the bad place. I think you can have salvation without that. And I do too. I um, am more agnostic about the afterlife than you are, but I still am not heavily invested in it in any particular way. Um, and pursuing faith is still worthwhile to me to see the transformation that occurs along the way. I mean, just to go full heretic on this, I think that salvation and living what Socrates talks about as the good life, mm-hmm. you know, the meaning, not not just like candy, cotton candy, you know, um, pleasure life, but the right. life that is the good life. I think that, I think that's salvation. I think that's the same thing as salvation. I think that Christianity and Paul and the authors of Hebrews and uh, Ephesians and James, none of whom are Paul, right? Right. Which is kind of too bad because I really like Ephesians. Yeah. But anyway, I think those guys are doing a better job of getting us there than Socrates. But I think that idea of living the good life that is examined and meaningful, really, to me, that's what salvation is all about. Yeah, and they are all wrestling with that question a little bit later than the rest of the Gospels and trying to figure out what it means now. And... Are they later than the events in the Gospels? The events in the Gospels, not the writing of the Gospels themselves. All of them are particularly weirdly hard to date. All of them have very unclear if historic authors. I mean, we know who is not the author. Right. Uh, I mean... Uh, um, James is the earliest. James is not the author. And the guy, James, who followed Jesus around, the couple of guys named James. Right. Not the author. Not the author. Ephesians Historically the author. claims to be... Claims to be Paul. Paul. Not Paul. Not Paul. Um, and then Hebrews doesn't even claim to be anybody. It's so. just this amazing thing that got stuck in there because people really liked it. Also, the whole story of the <coughs> stoning of the woman who committed mm-hmm. adultery. Not in the... Not in the original no. script. That's terrible. Stuck back in. It's such an awesome story. It just gets stuck in. But it was meaningful enough to the community yeah, they that they stuck it, it back in. They out. kept it. So. All right. Very good. Well, there is their work that so, carries our faith forward. Right. So, I mean, as far as a contradiction, like this is like sort of like our MythBusters conclusion here. I mean, do you think that it's accurate to say that the Bible absolutely has competing ideas about where you get to salvation? Yes, and including competing ideas of what it means to be saved. All right. So there you go. We know what we're talking about. It, it conflicts it. Take our word for it. So, all right. That's, uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Bloody Mary Bible Brunch. Um, until next time, cheers.